Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome. It's Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy, and that's John. We are live on YouTube or available to you whenever you want on YouTube and in the podcast feed. Glad you're here. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like the video, and on the podcast feed, share that as well with your friends. You can see links to all our shows down in the descriptions below. What do you got? What a lie. Florio's name sounds like Oreo. Hard to take him seriously. that's, That's a great line. There's two. That's a comment. There's two. Uh, Mike Florios, because on NFL Network the other night, I was watching, they had Eagles Niners on again, and on the bottom line it said, join Marcus Grant, Fresno, no Marcus, join Marcus Grant and like Michael P. Florio for a fantasy breakdown, blah, 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 blah. Are you aware of that? Did you know that? No, didn't know. I think I'd have to go Mikey. It's tough, because you're like, why does he get my name? That's my name. You know what I mean? Marcus Grant played at Fresno or worked in the market? No, no, no. Marcus Grant did radio in Fresno back in okay, the day. Okay. Just wanted to name drop him. But, like, what Didn't do you do in that? Former dog. Ravens, yeah, Ravens broadcaster Jerry Sandusky, spelled with that's, a G. That's, to me, infinitely worse than the Florio oh, problem. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> not even that bad. The Florio's one's not bad. It's just whatever. I, I think Jerry Sandusky had to have some real talks. He was older even when the thing went down, but with family members, brothers, sisters, if we change our name, like full on, just, you know, like a, like an actor, a lot of radio personalities that when I started working in the business, found That's out true. that people did that. I didn't know that was, yeah. I knew actors in Hollywood, but you know, John Middlecoff. Not my, like, I made up the name Haberman just for broadcasting. Yeah. Well, I'd be like Johnny Silver. That'd be my name. Johnny Silver. You know what mine uh, would be? I thought about this. What? Like Bull Bull, but I'd be Guy Guy. Well, you never forget that. Is that good or what? I honestly, if I had thought of that in 2003, I'd have done it. That's pretty good. Guy, that's guy. Good, right? Guy, guy. Yeah. That's, it's not that's a bad that. idea. I know. It's pretty good. John, uh, we are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, a toast. I have a Tito's toast today, John. Same. I have you a Tito's first. toast that's, that's actually not sarcastic. A rare Heartfelt Tito's toast. Um, what do you get when Ricky Waters, John Middlecoff, and Guy Haberman walk into a Hooters in 2015 for an NFL draft show? You get me hating the Niners pick. They took Eric Armstead with the 17th overall pick that year. Um, I watched this video today. I don't know if you saw this. Schrager tweeted it. I think the Niners posted it. Did you see this video? You stole my fucking cheers. I was going to go down this road. Oh, well, I, good. You can talk about it, too, then. We, this is, that's how you know it's a good Tito's toast, a good cheers, because we both had it. I think I saw Chris Kasarek cry. Eric Armstead is the Niners uh, Man of the Year Award nominee for the fourth straight year. He's the longest tenure Niner. When they drafted him 17th overall in 2015, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I I, I think I said, like, they just drafted a basketball player. 
which he was also. But it turned Literally out he was played he was. played his dad's yeah. like a big big time like basketball guy. Didn't he play a little bit at Oregon? I think he played at Oregon briefly. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's in his ninth year on the team, the longest tenured player on the team. He's made eighty five million dollars. He's scheduled to make eighteen million dollars next year in the last year of his deal. Clearly, he's a very good player. First of all, like I think sometimes when we talk about him, we say, "Well, he's a he's not a he probably shouldn't be making almost twenty million dollars a year, but he's still an excellent player." Mm-hmm. But when you go back and just look at the pick, it's one of the best picks of that first round. There's only four players from the 2015 draft in the first round still with the teams that drafted them: Andres Pete, DJ Humphreys, Shaq Thompson. Eric Armstead, who went after Andres Pete before DJ Humphreys. Those are the four. Um, and to see the impact, just watching that video, for people who didn't see it, it's like the Niners had some of his teammates film messages to him about how much they love him. And it was very moving. He was crying at the end of it. I teared up. I cry easily, but I teared up. And um, I don't, he might, it might be really hard just to measure how valuable that guy's been to the franchise while also being one of the best players on their defensive line. Well, one thing I learned when I was with the Eagles is there are guys internally who mean more to you if they're not like the version of your Trent Williams, right? Or your Micah Parsons or your whoever said player that is your best player, right? It's easy. Anyone, my mom can watch the Bengals play and watch Jamar Chase. And it doesn't matter whether he's their team captain or not, right? You just, you need that guy. <laughs> he's never going anywhere. As long as he plays at a high level, he's your guy. And then there's like that next tier of player who's your starter, especially if you're a good team, but whose intangibles is like the heartbeat of the team. Not on the field, but there is a level in which, that I mean, Randy Gregory has been on the team for fucking a minute. The way he talked about him immediately, and he's a guy, look, look at the people that talked in that video. Randy Gregory and Javon Kinlaw and Kinlaw, whoever was doing the interview was clearly in tears after Javon and clearly the thing that I thought about was the, the incident with Grant, which, you know, end of the day was pretty just the whole thing was just a kind of a debacle. I, I didn't necessarily blame Kinlaw. Cause if you put yourself in his shoes, like shut the fuck up, you know, and it's just, you're going through rough times and, and Eric is just someone who clearly impacts young players. And I think, you know, for a long time, Jimmy Ward did that as well. And I think he's doing it right now in Texan with the Texans. He just no longer, I mean, last year it's like Kyle told, Kyle kind of benched him as a player. So once that happens, your your impact as a leader. But did you watch like last week his that game winning pick? There's like a that level of guy. Now Jimmy makes less than Eric, but whoever that guy is on every team who's not quote unquote their best player, the coach and the general manager. Your, your team operates uh, in a big piece because of that guy, even, even Bosa, the way he's looked up to him. And I, I, I'm with you. I actually think he's got a pretty good chance to win it. You know, I mean, you, you have enough bites of the apple. You're one of the big, you know, on a big name team, the impact that he makes. He also ha- is pretty unique, right? That he, his impact, and, and listen, just because you're from an area or not from an area, it doesn't mean your impact can't be felt wide and far, right? Like Larry Fitzgerald's not from Arizona. He's like the fucking mayor of Arizona with charity work and everything, or whoever is, you know, Jason Kelsey with the Eagles. He's not from there, but being from Sacramento. And I I do think it, it hits a little different, at least if you're a Niner fan, 
but I it would not shock me. I mean, I, I think you know I, I watched this clip the Eagles put, or maybe NFL Network put out, and Jason Kelsey was talking. Lane Johnson is their guy, and he's like, so often a lot of these nominees is because you just give a lot of money, right? And it, but it's very public, and I think a lot of times, you know, he's like the impact that people make when it's not that way, but everyone around them knows and the community knows is infinitely more powerful when you're truly doing it for the right reasons. And you're not like, to me, Eric Armstead is not some pound in his chest telling you what he's doing. Right. And I even think it's cool. Like putting out his, like the, the financial stuff he's been doing, showing that like I'm a 50, 50 fucking shareholder with the government. And I think that's like the takes being very secure in yourself. Cause a lot of people are all oh, rich guy complaining, you know, it's just, your classic lowbrow Twitter fucking booger eater. But I, I, I'm with you blown away. Never would have thought. And honestly, every time I see him, I'm like, what a high level cat. And honestly, that video made me think, and Jason Kelsey's video made me think, and I'm sure if we went to a lot of the good teams, it's you read the article about David Tepper and the hunger games or all these franchises that fall apart. It's so easy to see why four or five teams beat the shit out of everyone else. It's just not that complicated. Like that video is just like a high level company or something. And then you see like David Tepper telling Josh McCown to work on foot. It's just like what the, the gap between the haves and the have nots. It's like society it, it is really, really wide, you know? And I, I think that video was an eye opener to the 49ers culture and why clearly they've, you know, been one of the key franchises in the league winning wise in the last five years. Do him and Chase Young, I mean, Chase Young was in the video. When I saw Chase Young, showed up like last week. I was like, "Damn!" You do spend a, you, 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 in the video. Bosa, you, Bosa in the video. I get. I mean, Bosa's been there now. Whatever, well, I understand. I'm just saying, like when Nick Bosa says, "I look up to you," that's a significant thing. You spend a lot of time with people in your position group. Yeah. Right. I mean, you just spend. I would imagine as a football player, you spend more time with your position group than you do with your significant other, your family during the six months of the football season, start to finish. And it probably might not even be close. And the D line as well. Like the, when Wilkes was saying that and you saw, <laughs> you see Kassir, he like sits in the middle of the group. He's just in there, which I mean, is normal, but uh, just, they got a pretty good, that's a, that's a high level defensive group. And let's face it, defensive groups. Sometimes you got a couple crazies, like they, they don't really, they got pretty normal dudes, like very yeah. high level, you know, just very well thought of, well thought, thoughtful mm-hmm. individuals. Yep. Playing a violent position. Keeping the faith, a comment on the YouTube says the whole Armstead family is so respected in the Sac Elk Grove area, they couldn't be nicer people. Um, I, I thought of Jamal Adams when I was watching that video too. <laughs> like, what? You know, from a style of play standpoint, plays like Niners play. But watching what he's done this last week, I don't know if he'd fit in the room. Um, maybe he could use. He could but, use. Uh, but I think I think a lot of good teams would not mess with him. Too too big of a wild card. Yeah, I, I bet if you just ask like the Chiefs, the Eagles, you just went around, not even factoring money. They're like, eh. And as a player, he's extremely flawed. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Armstead, wrong about that pick. I was. What well, was clear about five years when he was necessarily. Yeah, it was team. clear pretty Sorry. quickly he was a good enough player, but like that he would become. He got better as he got older. He's just become a franchise centerpiece. Yeah, you're right. He did get better as he got older. 
they lost Buckner and he kind of, you know, a lot, it's been partly on him. So well, I think him, him and Jimmy Ward are good examples of like, you know, two of the last bulky picks, right. That were on the team with their, yeah, obviously I, I'm pretty sure Eric's probably the last, but him and Jimmy, the last, that lasted all of Kyle's tenure, Eric still going, we'll see, you know, it's, this is a business, so things get complicated, but it's pretty clear. Like, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I don't know if they can afford to pay him because this offseason would be like when you do a contract extension, right? Right. You know, he's injured. It's, 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 it's these things get complicated and they get very emotional. But I mean, I, I'm not saying by any, like, if I was a betting man, he's on the team next year, but it'll be an interesting offseason with a couple, like, I, I, you can Armstead are a big part of what they do, right? But financial yeah, business is why they get complicated. I thought you were going to go Robbie Gold on your toast. What did he do? He retired. <laughs> I, I I missed that today. Yeah, big news. I think People he was like, oh, I mean, after I you missed that, that, I was like, <laughs> oh, it's Moody's job now, as if like Robbie can't unretire. Well, <laughs> after he missed a couple kicks in preseason, you know, if, I I bet he'd, con- he'd contemplated it the summer. And then you just let's just let's just see let's just see yeah and then he and then it was like oh my god wait and then he's he splits them uprights so you just they're probably not going to make a change around Christmas so probably not I mean he's been hitting extra points like crazy you know so shows you his faith or his knowledge of the position it'd be like a golfer or a pitcher know how things like this there is I don't care what pick this guy there's no guarantee this works I'll wait mm-hmm. a little bit. And you're he, saying he's, Robbie was was looking at it that way. Yeah, because any other position, right? I, even if the guy stunk, like you, you'd be shit out of luck if it was a D tackle or a guard. You just they'll just let the guy suck or make him a backup with a kicker. It's, it get ugly, it get ugly quick. Uh, John, most sacks from the 2015 draft. Daniel Hunter, seventh rounder. Uh, he went pick 88. Not a seventh rounder. Uh, most touchdowns from the 15 draft. Throne, Jameis. Second, Mariota. Third, Trevor Simeon. Good pick. Yep. Most rushing touchdowns from that draft, Todd Gurley. And uh, most receiving touchdowns from that draft, Stefan Diggs. Tyler Lockett. That's a oh, God, those are good picks. Amari Cooper, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, most of these guys. I guess Lockett's been on the same team the whole time. Yeah. I was just saying first rounders only. No, I know, I know, I know. It was like Marcus Peters. I remember that was controversial. Marcus Peters, yep. He went above Armstead a couple picks, and people thought Balky should have picked Uh, him. He went the next pick. He went 18. Also, so what happened was the Niners passed on him for Armstead. That's that's what it was. And not not sure if uh, you guys talked about this on your Raider show, but he was released a couple a couple weeks ago after he got benched, and then he went to the. Did you see other side of the field pouted? Next day, cut no longer. Did have a pick six earlier this season, but he's he's a guy that's been on countless teams. Again, he's by no means is a bad pick, right? He's made a ton of sure. plays. He's been in a ton of big games, but he, I, I would say, not many teams are making him the man of the year nominee for their squad. Um, no, like, I don't think so. like, I, I, I would say Tyler Lockett yeah, kicked off the team that year at UW, remember? Yeah. A- Andy punted so, on him in like the prime of his career. Andy punted after he had won, like, or, you know, I think he'd gone to a couple of pro bowls, 
pick six like every other game. And he's like, yeah, see ya. Funny thing is you redraft that draft. He probably goes higher. Yeah. I mean, he would, he's, he's not, he, he can play. He, he can play. Yeah. But Niners took I, Blake Bell at tight end that year too. I wonder if Tyler Lockett is the, the Seahawks nominee. Feels like he would be in the mix. I just feel like he runs around with the with the patch on his right. I, I would imagine because I, I read the Mike Florio, not Mikey Florio. Last year, Tyler Lockett started this real estate company and became the official realtor of the Seattle Seahawks. And people are like, salary cap implications. And he's like, No, I just went about it the right way. I have a fucking normal business. I went up, I went to the marketing crew. We talked about it. It's like, guys, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> kind of genius. I mean, it is. Well, it's genius business on him. It's just genius. He's like, I'm paying them. We went to the marketing crew, and the marketing crew was like, um, well, let's see if we have any connections over with the Seahawks. We'll see what we can do for you. He's or it's paying gonna them. Bet- yeah, he's paying them because he's got – yeah, I got it. Right. You pay and the it's gonna to be the official airline, official real estate, official sausage, all that. Where it does benefit him is – he probably has that spot on lock for a while. Yeah, they're not going to suddenly get overbid without warning. I would say he's by no means the best player of this. I mean, the rivalry started with Harbaugh Pete, but it's it's gone through because they've ended up playing a lot of big games. He's by no means the most famous, the Marshawns, the Shermans, the obviously Russ, even Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagners and DKs. He feels like the most consistent. Like you just every fucking game, you, that that little guy is just there. He scored a lot of touchdowns against the Niners. Even if you hate Seattle, which I, you know, like Maria, my girlfriend, and her dad, who was a big 49er fan, always hated Pete. And I, and I get it. I, I I don't really find Pete that hateable. Uh, like I mean, there definitely are some coaches. Like I understand if you're a Jets fan, you hated Belichick or. You know, if you, if you hated Jason Garrett or they're just hateable coaches, Sirianni. I don't really thought Sirianni definitely very, very hateable. Extre- like, is Doug Peterson hateable? Like, have you ever heard anyone like, fuck, can't stand Doug Peterson? <laughs> you know, Pete, I, I, I get it. You could argue Pete's a I little was- cheesy, 100%. <laughs> Jerry, you know, there, there are a lot of hateable guys in the NFL. Tyler Lockett's just one of those guys if you follow football. And definitely if you're even a 49er guy, you're like, I like that little guy. Uh, guy could have played for my yeah. squad. I mean, for, to your point, it feels like he hasn't. He's played the fourth most games of that draft class, so he barely misses any time. Just who's just number one all the time? Preston Smith and Lakin Tomlinson have each played 141 games. I guess Bradley the best part about Indian number three on that list, punter. Well, the problem for like Jameis and Mariota because because those two guys might play another five years right in the NFL. When you're the backup, you just don't play, right? A lot of times, yeah. Unless unless you listen to David Carr, he said time for Mariota to play. What What would your guess be on career touchdowns for Tyler Lockett? 15, 16, 17. I got it here, so I can tell you. Yeah, fifty-eight. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, was that like six a year? Yeah. I mean, I. Well, I mean, really, once. Once 18 started, 10, 8, 10, 8, 9. I mean, I, I would imagine – I mean, a lot of people play fantasy football, but a guy that follows the NFL and doesn't play fantasy football, if you're not a Seahawk fan, I don't think most people would realize he's in the fringes of like 8 to 10 touchdown guy a year. 
like Brandon Ayuk's having a fantastic career, going to get twenty million. Like he's, he he doesn't have many five plus touchdown career years, right? I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, this year he's got you know all the Niners have like five, but it is hard. Middle, right? Like Kills Ayuk. Got, Ayuk's got five, right? Five or six. He's got six. I guess he had, they, he had eight all this year. That's the thing. They all have the same – Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, and um, McCaffrey all have the same. Beside McCaffrey, who, you know, that record was good for like a touchdown a game, the other guys will have like a, a two a two spot. Like, oh, Kittle just had three touchdowns. And then he'll go silent touchdown-wise for like four straight games. But you'll look, you're like, he had four touchdowns over six games. But really, he just had three in the one. Like Debo, if you tell me Debo these next two weeks against Seattle and in Arizona just doesn't score a touchdown, very believable. Yeah. Oh, three touchdowns the last three weeks. Well, yeah, because they just go off in a single game as an individual. Well, if you just looked at the Niners' like team box score, you'd think that every game it just gets spread to everybody because it all adds up the same in the end. Yeah, it's like this guy scores 25 a game, this guy scores 23 a game, this guy scores 20. That's just not the way it really works. Exactly. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught Seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Well, I'll tell you, like, I, Zach Ertz. Should the Niners sign Zach Ertz? Let's talk about that because that feeds right into this. Um, the stat, the Niners are one of four. I, just, I looked it up today. Here's the stat. The Niners are one of four teams in the league with four receivers that have at least 38 catches because Debo has 38. So I was like, all right, who else has four guys with 38 or more? McCaffrey has 51, Kittle has 50, Ayuk has 50, Debo has 38. The other three are the Jags, the Commanders, and the Bucks. Um, the Jags, like the Niners, will run the ball. The other two don't. The Niners are dead last in the league in pass attempts. Last. Yet no one spreads it around four guys like, like this group does. So, you know, Part of that is like I looked it up in the context of Ertz. Like, do they have a spot to throw this guy the ball? The Niners, the last three years, counting this year, their number two tight end spot this year, 2022 and 2021, over those three years have combined for 18 catches. Okay. Ertz has 27 catches this year through seven games. Non Kittle tight ends, the last three years have combined for 18 total catches. Um, Ertz is 33 years old, Monta Vista High School, Danville, California, IR on the Cardinals, released, quad injury, hasn't played since October 22nd, week seven, uh, 27 catches in seven games. So Niners are putting, well, I guess in theory, Niners could put Dwelly on IR with an ankle. Uh, what do you think, Zach Ertz? Well, he doesn't play special teams. Right. So part of the way this team is built whoever that guy is that they are not dependent on at all has to play some special teams. If you're going to dress on game day and you're not McCaffrey, Kittle, Juszczyk, who's going to play a little special teams here and there, Ayuk, Debo, who, if the game matters, like I, I would imagine Debo's not kick returning in this game. It's probably Ronnie Bell, assuming Ray Ray's out. <laughs> that, that would be my educated guess. Do you agree with that one? I, yeah, I think it's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ronnie Bell's going to get a lot of juice. But to part of to dress on game day, and this is what I learned in the NFL because it's it's easy even as a scout to be a fan. Like, oh fuck, this guy is a huge upgrade over anything we had. Well, how do we make a pencil on game day? Right. And I haven't broken down their special team snaps, but if the case is that guy was playing a role in several teams, well, he was. So what do I do? Like I'm actually better off just elevating my next two guys that I can just insert in there and just play the way I'm playing. That's where it gets a little complicated. Now, part of his complication is he's injured. Like Shaq Leonard, who signs with the Eagles. Eagles fucking just death. I, this guy's not a back. He's going to start, right? If he's healthy, he's going to play. This is, you know, Ertz cannot do what Kittle does. So it's not like a duplicate player. He can't block. He's never been able to block. And, I, you know, I, I think this is more complicated for every team. Like the, the Ravens, I saw some quotes from Harbaugh. Yeah. I think it was last week. To me, that makes kind of sense. Like if Mark Andrews out for the year, I just kind of need a tight end. If I think he's better than the guy I'm rolling out, but if he's going to be my backup, 
like he is on this team. And I, you can throw the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs need pass receivers. Why wouldn't they be interested in this guy? For sure. Well, it's like, well, well, our best players are starting tight end, a skill guy. So he's not better than that guy. And then our backup, whoever that is, also has to play special. It's, it's a little more complicated math than you think. Right? Like, in baseball, if the guy's just out there, but he's not going to be our starting third baseman, but the guy that he would replace is actually a switch hitter. He's not, and that guy can play out. Right. It's kind of a puzzle piece that – on the surface, of course, you sign Zach Ertz. And to me, if the if it was like baseball and the December roster expanded, I think the Niners would be all over. I, I wonder if it's a little more complicated than people think. Uh, it's a great call because the Niners' room for uh, – the Niners' offense could get, I guess, marginally better. There would be a play or two where Zach Ertz in a big spot, Kyle schemes something up and he makes a great catch, and you go, God, what a moment for Zach Ertz. But – I don't think the Niners are going to start scoring 0.1 point per game more if Zach Hurts suddenly starts playing a bunch of snaps for them on offense. I just illustrated the numbers. 51 for McCaffrey, 50 for Kittle, 50 for Ayuk, 38 for Debo. feels like Jennings has a big catch a week. He's got like 17 catches for the whole year. There's they got plenty of players and not enough ball. One of their weaknesses is special teams. George Odom's already hurt. Having your special teams get weaker at the expense of or the ex- making your offense marginally better at the expense of your special teams may not be worth it to this team unless they have an answer on special teams, right? Agreed. Because I don't really know how much better. Now, we saw for a second what it might look like if you put Jordan Reed and George Kittle together on a team. Kittle got hurt that year. Jordan Te- Reed got hurt that year. Team's a lot different. That team is a lot better. better. Yeah. And that, you know, Ayuk was – that was Ayuk's rookie year. Guy, they just scored six touchdowns in three quarters against a 10-1 and team on the road. It's uh, To me, it's a luxury item, but like a luxury item that might actually cost you something. Because he's not – you don't think the pitch to Ertz is like, hey, man, I got 25 snaps for you on offense, and you can play special teams near near where you grew up. (laughs) Well, it just doesn't – he's not a special team. He's not going to do it. But it's not – you don't even – it's not even an option. Like, you don't – the guy doesn't play special teams. It, and honestly, it's not really – you wouldn't want him playing special – he's not a physical – you know, your backup tight ends are usually just kind of tougher, grittier guys in that position if you just look around the league. You know, now it makes the Niners unique is they're – you know, Kittle easily could probably be one of the better special teams players in the league, right? It's just he'd be a core special teamer. He'd be a lead at it. He's fast. He's physical. He's fucking open field tackle. He'd be awesome. But I, I just – you don't put a guy that's never played special teams on special teams who's not a – it's weird. He is a tough guy, but he's not – it's not really his thing. Travis Kelsey would not be a good special teamer, even in his prime. Because as a tight end, you're not playing like – you're like in the line on kick return. You're like in the line on punt. You know, it's just – it's, it's so just does, not Zach Hurts. Like, does Logan Ryan play though. special teams? I mean, he could. TDP goes to practice squad. Logan Ryan is on your active roster. Dwelly goes to IR. You add Ertz and you replace Dwelly on special teams with your special teams are just are just tougher, right? They're just tough. Like all the corners can tackle, right? So you can put Lenore, or I guess Lenore, but uh, Ambry Thomas. All all those guys can rotate. Hufunga, he made the team. Boom, special teams. Uh, Ronnie Bell, special teamer. You know, that's why Danny Gray was impressive because he was speed and he would tackle. Like it's. It's it's a pretty dangerous play, whatever the given play is, punt or kickoff. 
punt definitely more because there it feels like there are more consistent punt returns. A lot of kickoffs go out of the end zone unless the 49ers <laughs> you know choose to like try to angle it at like the 13 yard line. Yeah. Uh this was the Barrow said uh, Niners believed to be one of the teams most interested. So there you go. I saw Harbaugh said a couple days ago, he kind of did that. Well, we like the room we have, but. It's like negotiations. Yeah. Uh, Monta Vista uh, Vista grads. How many Danville Monta Vista High School uh, alums can you name? Give me a second one. Jake Hainer. That's a good one. Bob Myers. That's a pretty good one. Mark Appel, remember him? That's a good one. Batting stance guy. That's a good one. Pretty prolific. Did you see the high school slate this weekend on Friday? Uh, state championships? I mean, some of these teams, I mean, it's an incredible lineup. Is it, uh, who is De La Salle hosting? Is it Clovis East? No, not Clovis East. Uh, Buchanan? <laughs> Uh, there was some controversy, John. I was in Fresno this week. The newspaper. No, it, it, it's in it, it's in LA. It's like the state. Oh, that game already yeah. happened. Then that game. Yeah. Was so they, they uh, well, De La Salle must have because they were in it. Oh wow! But it was so, controversial because De La Salle had a loss. The team out of Fresno was undefeated, but you're not. You can't play back to back section championship games on not section. You know whatever. Not they're not state title games, but whatever those state semis are on the road. And De La Salle was on the road last year. So, yeah, it is. Uh, so we got Grant High School versus La Cerna. La Cerna. La Cerna. La Cerna. Okay. And we got De La Salle versus Mission Viejo. All right. Can These you are at Mission, the, you know you know any Mission Viejo alums? Um, I mean, I'm sure, but no. Who? Fam- famous USC quarterback Sanchez. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think Carson Palmer as well. All right. You got Alcon. Uh, I I can't even say this. The game's irrelevant. But Folsom versus St. Bonaventures and Sarah versus Modern Day. So, I mean, De La Salle, Mission Viejo, Folsom, St. Bonaventures, Sarah, Modern Day. Those are, I mean, we're talking the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Georgias of high school football in California. I mean, these are the biggest brands. Sarah, Modern, Mission Viejo, De La Salle, Folsom. Brands. You think it's going to rate? But do you, what's well, on TV, but do you agree? I mean, these are yeah, usually the biggest programs in the, yeah. in the state. I mean, you're talking Tom Brady's, Jake Browning's, a million fucking USC guys, Wait and Oregon guys. Grant, Folsom, and De La Salle are all in the state championships? Well, because De La Salle is no longer Division One, and Grant is definitely not anymore. So they, they are not in the same level. But they have like, which one's in the open division? They still have that. Uh, they they changed that. So uh, Sarah Sarah is. So maybe they cooked the books to get Sarah in modern day there. So what I got is Grant is one AA, and so that's like basically Division two, and Folsom St. Bonnie's is like the you know the big division Division one. So oh. Grant so Grant and Dale or excuse me Folsom and De La Salle are no longer equals in terms of the way the state yeah. views it. Which to me is a little stupid. Like they, they're just the fucking same thing. Yeah, just trying yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right. There's your high school football talk for the show. Uh, Niners Seahawks is uh, coming up on Sunday, John. I watched Pete Carroll's press conference today to try and glean some insight, and I got nothing uh, out of it really. 
Um, but uh, other than Pete was upbeat, this is a game that uh, I think everyone's going to pick the Niners in. But, you know, I do wonder. They said they had their moment. You remember after they lost three in a row and it was Bosa and these guys like Fred Warner. We got to we got to be more got to be more dialed in. Got to be more aggressive. Letdown game against the Eagles this week. I wouldn't feel very comfortable these next two weeks taking the Niners in the points. I think one of these next two weeks, Seattle right now is 10 and a half, 11 to depend where you live next week against Arizona. I mean, are they a two touchdown favorite? One of these games, they're going to be down at half. I would bet a lot of money. Honestly, it feels a little bit like this week. I saw Fred Warner yesterday say like, you know, we kind of got it. The Eagle game's over. No more Eagle talk. I do think it's very difficult in the sport of football. This happens a lot in college, right? It's like I understood Michigan not being as excited to play fucking Iowa. They literally have a period in practice that's Ohio State all year long. It's like it's and I wouldn't you say the Eagle and Niner game kind of became collegiate over the last like nine months, the way they talked back and forth, the way they were always talked about synonymously. When historically, you know, the last couple decades, they have nothing to do with each other, even though both teams have had a lot of success separately. They've not, not like the Packers and the Niners, or even lately the Cowboys and the Niners played. They played one time that has mattered, and the game became such a big deal that it like it it took a lot of energy and and discussion. I think just in the football landscape over the last nine ten months. Yeah, I think I don't think it was about. like revenge against the Eagles so much it was about they thought they were going to beat them the first time and they've had to wait this long. They've been waiting for this game to prove it. And I think that that all that being pent up in you, then you let it out the way they did, it can definitely linger in a bad way. But then they come back the games later in the season, one team's 10 and one and the other team's 8 and 3. Yeah, then it's even better. <laughs> to imagine. So it, I I just and I the I one do. seed it's like you lose the one seed if you lose that game. I, I just think this is a human business and we're all like the 49ers have beat this team four times in the last what? I mean, 15 Year. months. Yeah. A little longer. Cause I think what Jimmy came in, remember week two when Trey got hurt against Seattle. Right. So they, they started beating them then and they have not let up. And I would say three of those four games, the eye test, sometimes the score, like this last score, 31 to 17, I don't know if it reflected that game on Thanksgiving. What they were up 21, 48 to 10. Well, it was up 28, one, three at half. They come out and score 10 points in the third quarter to make it 21, 13. It's like, you know, I, they had a good couple series. I, it, it was not, they're not really equal, but even Fred said, I, Fred, honestly, Fred talked about the game pretty well. He's like, listen, some of these scores recently with this team have been double digits but we felt in the game, like it's not an easy game. Like it can get weird. I I just think that these division games, I think this is a way if you just gamble on the NFL, like bears lions this week in Chicago. Like, I don't think betting the bears is a crazy thing to do. Like these division games get weird once a year. It wouldn't shock me at all. I you're telling me that like Levi's is going to be rocking and the 49ers are going to be super fired up. I, I would completely understand if it's a little bit of just a letdown play for everyone that like that, that that was the regular season Super Bowl last week. And it was for a reason because it is, I mean, it's a big fucking deal. The Niners really had two games to me this year that were just a big fucking deal. And that was obviously the Cowboys and the Eagles. Cause it's a, it's a two off. Like you're going to have to play them again, more than likely 
the Ravens game in theory is really big and it's going to impact the seating, but like that's a Super Bowl rematch potentially, maybe. I mean, who knows? It's not the same. I, I would not put that on the same level. Not from a game standpoint. It could be really hard. You could lose. Like it's not easy at all. I just think there was more. There's just more investment in those two games. There just is. You know, from the fans, from the emotion, from just the connectivity of the teams, and I, I, I just think there's a human nature to this. Like. Always. I mean, it's football. It's why like trap games are real because like, how do you go from that high to like come back to earth? Like Florida state and Georgia is a great example. Like I, I wouldn't put any money on that game from any angle. I, who knows? Both those two teams could be mentally somewhere else. I saw a screen grab of Mike Norvell and Kirby smart on oh the, like, <laughs> zoom conference call for that game. And it was just, it said like, which one wants to be here less. And it, it did look like neither one to be there, but you know, if you set this, if you set the stage the way you did for, hey, there's the potential that this is a trap game. I don't, and I don't mean lose. I, I just yeah, see, I know. You just mean like flat, twenty-seven twenty or something. You know, just well. Then the flip side of that is you got to if the Niners roll out there and, and beat Seattle again, it's you know, coming in the next. It's coming in the ne- it's coming in the next two weeks. I, it could be this week, could be next week, but it's coming. Just uh, they're down at half, and just like God, are they even trying? Or they score on the first drive, and then you look up, and it's just 10-7 in the third quarter. Because it was easy to get their mojo back after they had lost three games, and everyone came back, and they started beating the shit out of everybody. Then they got to play the Eagles. They beat the shit out of them. How are you watching? Seattle's better than Arizona, but you know deep down you're way better than them. And then even, let's say they do come out, and they play well this week. The Arizona game, like I... There would be like a 15-point favorite. Yeah, I mean, I bet you... I look right now, it's 13 and a half now. Yeah, so let's say they win 27 to 20 in Arizona, whatever they do this week. Yeah. Look, if you tell me that it's, Honestly, if, if you told me the Niners won this game by 20, like let's say they legitimately blow them out. Yeah. Could that be 17 by next week? Yeah, the only thing that the Cardinals... It is on the road. Them, right? It's on the road, and the Cardinals are off a bye. So 17 might be hard to get to, but 15 feels very capable. But the, but but all I'm saying is by the same token, then if the Niners roll out and pound the Seahawks by 24 points, you got to give them credit for 100. percent That open your eyes. Would that would that prove it? I mean, like we're looking at you look at these games and you go like, well, what do you want out of this game? You want to win? You want health? That's what you want, right? Unlike yeah. college football, there's no style points. Um, but so then the question is, can they prove anything against Seattle? Can they prove anything against Arizona? You know. Seattle is coming off the extra right. They got a little extra rest because this they is played. back. To, they're back to their normal. Niners are back to their normal schedule where they're playing teams who have the schedule advantage. They yeah. the Niners had the advantage last week. It's over. The Ravens are on a bye too this week, right? Ravens? No, they're not. Uh, no, but uh, what's the advantage on? Is there an advantage on the Ravens game? Um, I thought there was. I don't have an advantage. I don't. The Ravens okay, are never, coming off mind. a road game in Jacksonville, so neither team's coming off big travel. Oh yeah, I'm looking at the wrong week. Never mind. Ravens, Ravens game is in two weeks, not this week or not yeah. next week. Yeah, I'm not sure what the Ravens are doing this week. The Ravens are playing the Rams at home, so they go Rams, Jacksonville, Niners go Seattle, Arizona. Okay. I mean, you you don't think that it's 
like I, I won't judge them at all if it's like fourteen to seven and a half. And they're down. I don't think it's that weird. Like, it's football. Like this is this is the NFL. You don't just blow everybody out in in the first half too. Like you you get to come out slow. It's going to happen. They just blew out the Eagles. You want to go beat the Seahawks by seven? Fine. Just make sure you win the game. Yeah, you can't I, lose I, it. I'm just saying I will be. I'll be impressed. Like, I think you keep. I'd be. I'd be very. Impre- if you tell me they're up twenty-four nothing a half, I'm like, God, this team. Are they just going to fucking blow everybody out and win the Super Bowl by exactly. double digits? That 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 is the conversation here Sunday. If they if they beat Seattle by twenty-four points, and then they go beat the Cardinals, and they don't trail by twenty-four, and then they roll against the Ravens, uh, not roll the Ravens, but like then you're going to the Ravens game, and you know I think they look like the the Niners look like the Super Bowl favorite now. They are they are the betting favorite now. Um, well, you win this game, feed up. Raven, you, just, you, you just get to watch the cow. You just get to watch the Sunday night game and root for the Eagles, or I mean, root against the Eagles. It's great. But yeah, good point. You know, because I saw someone say that even if the Cowboys win, they technically wouldn't be in first place in the division because they both have, uh, you know, their conference loss record. The Eagles right now one loss. You know, beside the Niners, they both lost to the Niners. The Eagles lost to the Jets, but the Cowboys blew that Arizona game where they got their ass kicked early in the season. Wait, which game? So it's well. Remember, the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals like week two or three. Yeah, but the Eagles only lost beside the Niners. Oh, like the right, Eagles right, are ten right. and two. Yeah, is yeah, a yeah. non-conference game, so yep. they don't like. It's it's a problem for the Cowboys and the yeah, Eagles. I, mean, I saw the Eagles schedule. The other thing for the Niners is the Eagles schedule after this game, even if they lose, is they have not played the New York Football Giants yet, so they they still. <laughs> they get to play them twice, and I think, and they play the Cardinals at home. So that Monday night game next week got flexed for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They play Seattle and the Kansas City, and the Patriots got booted back to Sunday, which is kind of a sneaky big win if you're Andy. Like you wouldn't want to have an extra day to play the Patriots. Like let's just yeah, that's but, a road Monday night game for the uh, here. Here's what the Eagles do. And this is why all these games matter. Like I, I, I'm not saying they get the room for to blow one of these games. And it doesn't matter. And obviously, you got to win these games. But the Eagles get the Cowboys. Let's say they lose. So now they're ten and three. Niners are ten and three. The Eagles then get the Seahawks, which is in Seattle. So they're gonna have to travel there, and that's Monday Night Football. Short week, Giants. Short uh, then Cardinals, then at Giants. I think you feel pretty confident they go three and zero that final stretch. Maybe yeah. at Seattle Monday night. Unless Jalen gets hurt, which, yeah. I mean, if Detroit wins at Chicago, which will, I mean, it's supposed to rain on Saturday in Chicago. I don't know about do you Sunday. Tr- do you trust Jared Goff outside? No, that's what I'm getting at. It's, no. I, I, I don't view you the have, Lions anymore as a team that can get like the one seed, two seed. They're clearly going to be, the, to, in my mind, the three seed or the two seed. But yeah, I don't but, view them as a one seed because they're going to blow a game. If Philly loses and the Niners win and Detroit wins, you got three ten and three teams in the NFC. Niners would have the tiebreak over both. Yeah, I, you know, it's just it. It's I'm with you on Detroit. You know, I am. But I've I've I just I'm I'm a believer that Detroit's just a tier two team. It's what they are. That's fine. And the Niners could beat Golf head to head, no problem. But. You you know you look up you're all ten and three like you just have no you just can't have a sl- you just can't screw up yeah Detroit's lucky that they just get to be in just a kind of 
where they get a lot of respect in my mind is they just in a tier by themselves. Like obviously the Niners, if you, you could put the Niners on their own tier, then you go Eagles, Cowboys to me, Detroit is not on their level. They're in the next, but no one else in the NFC, I guess the only team that would be a little bit of a sleeper, which I'm telling you is kind of interesting right now. And if the Niners are the two seed, if they were the seven seed, Jordan Love and the Packers, he fucking looks pretty good. Hey, he looks pretty good. Remember you and I did that show with Larry Kruger? He looks good. And he said, who's going to make the playoffs? And I said the Packers. I wouldn't be worried about beating them, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would put, all right, NFL, forget about the NFC, just in the league. Is there another team on Detroit's tier? I might put Jacksonville there. Jacksonville and Detroit, same tier. What do you think? Yeah, kind of similar. Miami, Baltimore, Kansas City, Philly, San Francisco, Dallas, tier one. I would say one wild card just on a given game because he's so good and their team can just go to toe to toe with these would be the Bills. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. I mean, they're not a playoff team right now, but yeah. They're just the wild six card. Their ceilings really they're six and six, and they play the Chiefs this week and then the Cowboys. I, I just do think they're just a within two weeks, they might just be irrelevant because they're out. Tell me this if it's two seven, Dolphins hosting the Bills round one. That sucks for the Dolphins. It does. <laughs> who, who would have guessed, John? Uh, Rogers team, Allen's team, Herbert's team. None of them are in the playoffs right now. Russell Crazy. Wilson's team. They're in trouble. People would have guessed that. Yeah. But uh, Apple Cup this week. Minshew, Jake Browning, <laughs> Bengals, Colts. It's a big game. Where's that game? Uh, I don't know. Kind of a kind of a rough slate. That's what we say every week. Uh, the game's in Cincy. What do we got this week? Uh, you know what? You're kind of, kind of a rough slate, and then you're like watching Broncos Texans on the edge of your seat. You're like, God, this is a great game. I saw on th- we're doing this Thursday. Obviously, if you're listening to it after Herb Street tweeted a picture of his dog Ben, which he's been tweeting a lot of pictures of his dog Ben, and he said Ben and I, and then in all caps, fired up for Patriots Steelers tonight. Portnoy retweeted and said, liar. <laughs> but, you know, it's the NFL, man. It's a big stage. Yeah, uh, they're paying them. They're paying Jags, them. Jags, Browns. Does, you know, Lions-Bears is probably on the list of uh, the watch list for this week. There was a clip. Uh, they must have – I think they moved inside the NFL, you know, where they do the three or four games where they've kind of cut up and they've mic'd up the players, and it's really good mm-hmm. through the NFL films. That, mm-hmm. that shows now, I think, on CW. Mm-hmm. You know, like Cutler, Ocho Cinco, Ryan Clark, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Chris Long. I mean, it's just – I've never seen it, but sometimes I see clips. Yeah, The Niners and Eagles, obviously, were guys mic'd up this week. And uh, I saw a clip at the end of the game, toward the end of the game, John Lynch was just doing his just bear hugs to guys, and then he did Purdy. He's like, I'm proud of you. And they just did this. And I was thinking – you know, John Rom's getting paid a bunch of money. He's going to live. And there's just a level of, like, obviously, John Rom's already rich. I mean, very rich. Worth probably got $100 million in the bank. J- John Lynch, rich. He was rich before he got this job. Now, he makes many in the league believe he might be the highest paid GM that's not, like, also the coach. You know, like, he, we're talking, he might be making, like, $10 million. And... Obviously, Amazon was going to pay him more, and his job would be much easier. <laughs> like Kirk Herbstreit's job is way less stress, way less time 
his a little unique because he's doing two things so he's flying all over the place but still like being a gm just it's just long days and you're tired but there was this level you could see it like he just fucking loved being in the trenches and and those hugs after that win are worth millions to a guy who desires to be in the hunt to be doing the deal to be in the trenches with the boys and and you just can't you know, I have so much respect for anyone who's left it after, especially a former player, and then misses it enough and then does it and likes it. Like, say this about John Elway. <clears throat> it ended poorly, but he fucking liked it, you know? Yeah. Like, he took, like, you just watched him, you're like, oh, this guy kind of just a natural fit. You know, Steve Kerr, what, what's he doing this for now? Like, why? Why? What's the, he just loves it, man. There's an itch that no amount of money on the outside and I'm sorry, like you get offered, let's just assume they offered him $18 million. Now, since he's got a raise at the time, he might've been making six, three Xing your salary for an easier life. You've already won a super bowl. You're, you're going to the hall of fame. Like I'm not fucking leaving this. Hey, I got, I have a lot of respect for that, man. I think that I, kind of stuff is contagious too. Like, when it's when you are there, when it's that you are here, you are just here for the competition. That's what it's about, right? Everybody knows. Everybody knows you could make more money doing something easier. Slash, you don't need this. Like this yeah, is you don't like Brian Gudikins. Like th- this is his life's work, right? right? This you're is, right. Lynch could just walk away, <laughs> or he's go work for Amazon, or he can yeah. do whatever. Just do speaking engagements. Do whatever he wants. Do whatever the fuck he wants. But I choose to be here with you, man. It's like the right. famous Jerry Jones. I think one of their hard knocks when he addresses the team might have been ego too, but he's like, guys, I could be anywhere in the world right now. Exactly. But I choose to be standing here with That's you. Beautiful. Which I didn't even give Jerry some of this. There's validity there. Now he financially benefits from everything, but he likes being with the boys. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest. I worked Philly multiple years in the office. Yeah. You didn't see Jeffrey that often. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he's around more. I don't blame him. I mean, I'd be doing all sorts of other shit too. He's like, I could be Jer- Jeffrey's like, I could be anywhere in the world. But this Sunday, for three hours, I'll be in my suite. <laughs> then uh, I'm going right to back to Jupiter, Florida. See you guys. As long as it's a close game, I'll stay for the whole thing. <laughs> Howie, I'll text you. Keep your phone on. You don't think Howie's making 10 million? I think he makes a decent amount of money. No. Yeah, I yeah, probably. And I I'm just arbitrarily throwing that. You know, I know Joe Douglas years ago was became like a top three GM at like six, but he's been with the Jets now for a while. Because mm-hmm. a lot of GMs, if you're an owner, you're paying the coach so much money and he kind of has decision-making power. So even if you really like the GM, it's just a market. Like, what? why would I – you guys aren't going to even be close to equal, but there's a going rate. I think a lot of GMs and front office people think they kind of get fucked rel- relative to their coaching brethren. Right. right? If you're the assistant GM, if you're Adam Peters – Let's say you're making, let's pick a number. Could be off. Could be low. Let's just say he's making $900,000. Well, he'd look and go, well, Steve Wilkes is making one eight, And even Brian Greasy might be making nine fifty. And it's where you go, well, the equivalent of my role for them, it would be triple what I'm making. right? Vic Fangio's making six. So if I'm Howie's right-hand guy or John Schneider's right-hand guy, shouldn't I be making like two? And it's where the, that's then you start getting into like the quality control guy makes 180 and my cheapest scout makes 40. Right. It's just the scouting community kind of gets screwed in a business that's booming 
right? Like, did you see the one thing that made me shake my head today was this Michigan Harbaugh contract. And, you know, the number obviously is relative to college coaches. You make over $10 million as a college coach. You're immediately in the Saban Kirby realm, right? Hell, I saw Ryan Day makes like oh, 10 million bucks. They're like, they have an offer five years, 11 on the table. It's like, guys, you just saw last year the Denver Broncos gave Sean Payton 18 million. No one has any clue what like Andes and Belichick's make. A lot of people think Belichick's been making 25 for like seven, eight years. And sometimes whenever I see the the headline of like Andy Reid making $12 million, like I might double that, guys. <laughs> I if you told me Andy Reid might right now makes $22 million a year, is that unbelievable? No, and if he's not making it right now, he'll be making it next year. So he's not making less than Sean Payton, right? But how could if Andy did some sort of contract extension in the last couple of years, or just behind the scenes, kind of kept it quiet because he's never been like put it out there, especially since he's been in Kansas City. At what world am I not worth at minimum twenty million dollars to you? I, I I took over this franchise. It was a fucking disaster. We see all these other guys making 10, 12. Hell, Kyle Shanahan, if he's making fifteen which I think he is, give or take, his value to this 49er franchise, like I saw what it was with Chip Kelly and Tom Sula. Like that's the money he makes Jed York and held the league. Like if Kyle Shanahan wanted $25 million just as an earner, I don't even think it's that crazy. If well, Andy Reid was like, I want 40. Is he not worth 40 to the Chiefs? You could argue coaches are vastly underpaid. Lombardi's been saying this forever. It's like, if you're willing to pay a top player 50, you're telling yeah. me an elite coach isn't worth 30 or 40? Fuck yeah, no. What's tough is that, like, the number you make is what sets up the next number you make, and it's really hard to pay. Like, no, not no, but most owners aren't going to free agent pay a guy 20 million, right? I, I mean, the Broncos just did, but Andy's raises. That, guy, that guy's not ava- that guy's not available very often, right? That guy's not available very often either. Yeah. Andy but, Reed I mean, was originally hired off being fired. If Bill's available, what's that going to cost? He's not a eleven million dollar coach. He's a twenty five minimum million dollar coach. Yeah, and maybe to facilitate something, he's eighteen. But like the going rate, when I see the Harbaugh thing, I go, guys, why? Even if he wants to stay. Right. In the condition business- was, we'll <laughs> offer you this if you don't pursue an NFL job. Say that part, too. Well, at minimum, if Harbaugh got a five-year contract from Team X, what's the starting salary? $16 million a year? Yeah. Give or take? A million up or down? And it might not be a four-year or five-year contract. It might be a seven-year, eight-year contract. Why would Michigan only offer him a five-year? To me, if you want him to sign the thing, make it 10 for 11, you know, like $110 million or something. Five-year contract? I'm not signing. I don't even think that's a good deal if that's true. It doesn't even pencil. They just gave Lincoln Riley $120 million. What? Where does Michigan – I was thinking about this today. Is Michigan – because I was like, well, if Harbaugh were to leave and Dubor, they called Dubor. Is there any chance he would just stay at Washington? I started thinking, Michigan is probably one of the best jobs in all of sports if it's good, any sport, especially if they're paying a lot of money, right? Like, I'm talking Cowboys, Yankees. Like, it's, you could argue on a given year, it's the best college job or right up there. Historically, the brand, I mean, Harbaugh's made it back. You could argue Ohio State's a little bit better, but 
okay, Michigan's not far the behind. Ann Arbor's good town. Is it? It's it's definitely a top five college job, right? Yeah. Like Alabama's a is Alabama a great job, or are they just nailed the John Wooden of college football? Like if he leaves, are they always are they a, actually a better job than LSU? And I think history would say no, because it's easier for them to recruit. Mm-hmm. Now NIL might change things, but you could argue on a given year, Michigan's the best job in the country. Especially if they have access now with NIL Just money. Game, it's what it's like to walk the sideline in that stadium. The importance you play to the sport, the whole thing. You, yeah, you do. The history. Have, yeah. You do have to beat Ohio State every year. That's challenging, right? But vice, same with Ohio State. It's why sure. those two jobs, you could argue those are one and two. And there's a lot of pressure that come with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, I guess what I mean is like a UW or a lot of places, there's not a team that gets you fired if you can't beat them for two or three years in a row, right? Like Dan Lanning isn't about to get fired because he can't beat UW. No. At Oregon. But part of the reason Ryan Day is, you know, if let's say he loses next year and goes 11 and one again and loses to Michigan, the, he, I mean, he could get fired. But a part of that is financially. Do you know he has the highest, his salary and the salary pool for his assistant, highest in the country? Mm. So they're investing the most money. So my standards are going to be the highest. Right. It's why Harbaugh was like, you know, it was kind of getting weird. It's like, listen, after a while, we start winning eight, nine games every year. It's cool, but this is not the standard here. We need some. And then now what he's doing, everything's fucking awesome. Yeah. I had a, a coach a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to a college coach, John. He told me, uh, having Jim Harbaugh as your coach is like being a boat owner. The two best days are the day you hire him and the day he leaves. Just like, you know, they say a boat owner, the best, the two best days are the day you buy the boat and the day you sell the boat. Which I, I think, listen, I talked to a scouting buddy yesterday that, Jim, you're only allowed to show up two Tuesdays in September in training camp, and you can only show up for practice. Like, he's not – I don't think people have – unless you work for him and he in, indirectly then makes you a lot of money. Like, Sharon Moore, when he starts crying, that, that guy has changed Sharon Moore's life, right? Naming him as offensive coordinator – working his way up, he's going to make that guy millions of dollars. So even if the guy's hard on you or whatever, like you owe, like when Lane talks about Saban, there are many days when Lane probably fucking wanted to take a bat to Saban's head, but he also knows what he meant for his trajectory of his money-making ability. I do think on the outside, it's so easy to shit on him. Like, oh, this guy's an idiot. Oh, this guy's overrated. Oh, this guy's meathead. Oh, this guy's fucking crazy ass. If you're in business with him, he's great for business. Right. He makes you a lot of money. And there has been historically, whether it's, you know, whatever business or industry, Steve Jobs, to you name it, to obviously sports, that guys that a lot of people don't have great things to say. I don't think people love Belichick for a long time or Saban. And like, I sure take those two guys. Mm -hmm. Andy Reid is not normal. Like everyone loves him and he wins. Like I'd say that's an abnormal situation, specifically in sports. Like historically, like Pat Riley's really hard, right? He's hard on you. As a player, you got to do those, you know, the tests to stay in shape. Or Rick Patino, you know, they have the fat test. It's just, it's difficult. And I, I think that's part usually comes with winning. Like winning's not easy. And Harbaugh, I was thinking about this also the other day is Jim's ability to hire these coaches over like a decade long stretch of all different angles has been pretty incredible. Yeah, it feels like he's hiring a major position coach every two years. I, I don't know if his agent or whoever is helping him fish these guys, 
if it's just a one of his underrated elite talents. Like if you just told me like that's actually Jim Harbaugh's best talent. He like keeps these lists. He talks specific guys. I, I don't. I have no clue. But it is an under like Sharon Moore. Dude was a walk on or a JC transfer to Bob Stoops. He's like our age. Like how did he? Was it just a connection through a coaching friend? Like I get the Greg Roman, him and Harbaugh, or McDonald, the defensive coordinator. But someone like that, and he has a lot of those, like Jed Fish or wh- whoever. You know, how does he? What's his connection to these guys? I don't know. I love Sharon Moore's playing career, though. Community college, and then a guard at Oklahoma. I that guy might just really be a good coach. I saw Bob Stoops said that you knew right away there are players that you have that just whether they might not be the best players on your team or the guys going to the league, but you're like, this guy fucking knows football. And, yeah. You know, I'd say historically those guys turn out to be the coaches, <laughs> right? Because they're a co- they're an addict mm-hmm. and, and they, they understand the game better than their body can play it. Mm-hmm. It's why it's unstoppable if you actually have the talent. And you can play. You'd be like Peyton Manning. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, right? Right. Or Drew Brees. Like if those guys or Philip River, if those guys wanted to be coaches, like their their knowledge and their understanding. Now, could they communicate it from a coaching standpoint? Non playing, I don't know. It's obviously more difficult. But I, I think most guys, like if you just look around the country, are like fringe players that then become really good. It wasn't Tosh Lupoy? You know, a former kind of fringe player. Did he play at Cal? I know he worked for Tedford. I don't know if he Cal? played there. I don't, I, don't. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, Cal. Good call. Walnut Creek. You, Wait, did he play? Yeah, played at Cal. Yeah. You know the thing about Tosh? Luke? <laughs> exactly. Smart guy. You know the thing about Tosh? Hmm. Is like he ain't fucking with like Boise State. <laughs> Or New Mexico. It's just rinks. Cal, Washington, Bama, 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 Cleveland Browns, Falcons, Jags, back to Oregon. Yeah, weird resume, though. Very weird. No. Yeah. Uh, John, I did want to play this. We don't have to spend much time on this, but Steve Young on uh, KNBR says the Eagles are pretenders. Like, what pretenders these guys were. Like, they're not good – they're not, last year that defense was smothering. It's not. They've lost. They've lost people in linebacker that you could just see like they didn't have the pursuit. They didn't have, like. They don't have it. I don't know what they. I don't know when they can get it back. I know they were tired too, but I was like, I, I, we're really good. I mean, I get that part too, but uh, I just felt like a pretender situation. We are good, Steve. <laughs> to me, it's hard for them to be pretenders. They're just not. You know, how many championship contenders are there really in the league this year? Feels like, you know, my tier one is no more than six teams. So I don't think they're pretenders. I just think the Niners made them look that way. Well, I think if you ask the casual fan, can the Dolphins win the Super Bowl? I think 90% of people would say no. And they're currently the number one seed. Right. And they control their own destiny. To me, the craziest part about this year is like the AFC was billed as this powerhouse and the NFC was viewed like, oh, it's the Niners Eagles and we'll see on the Cowboys. Yeah. And it's kind of, I I feel like whoever comes out of the NFC, obviously the Niners should, they're going to be the betting favorite. But if they don't, there are only, to me, two other options that can. That's Dallas and Philly. 
like the NFC is going to be favored in the Super Bowl. I mean, if the Niners rolled, there's a chance they could be like a seven, eight point favorite in the Super Bowl. Feels like it's impossible to get double digits unless like the Ravens were to win it and Lamar shattered his leg in the fourth quarter or something. But yeah, I mean, how they played the Ravens the first time would be a part of that if they play Baltimore again. Right. Yeah. I, the, even if the Chiefs have won, let's say the Chiefs have just won on the road in Miami in the AFC Championship game. They I think like, if the Niners are in the Super Bowl, you're and it's healthy and they've beaten Dallas, they've beaten Philly, you're looking at minimum a touchdown favorite in the Super Bowl. At Allegiant Stadium. Mark's like, I can't fucking get away from these guys. They're going to buy a lot of ticket, a lot of beer at his stadium. I can't uh, get away from these guys. A couple super chats here, John. Uh, five bucks. If Brock played all last year, he's the rookie of the year. You could argue he's the comeback player of the year this year while playing like the MVP. Think about that. Pretty impressive. You know, when I started reading that comment, I thought this is a little much. But actually, it's not a little much. I don't think it's possible for him to be the comeback player of the year, given that his injury like ended in the playoffs. Yeah, it cost him like three quarters. Yeah, I I, I don't even think he's uh, a candidate. Do you? I, no, I don't either. But I do get like I do think the the point is just he could have been rookie of the year. Now you would say he is a comeback player this year, and he's True. playing like an MVP. Like that is that's impressive. I mean, people on Niners Twitter wanted to bench in training camp for throwing a couple picks to Greenlaw. So. Yeah, but those a lot of that was 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 uh, people who thought Trey Lance was the answer. We, yeah, but they thought Trey Lance was better than Brock Purdy. That's that's Wait, think about we, that. I was thinking about this the other day, like to walk into a locker room that has not one but two other quarterbacks, and still everyone looks at you like yeah, this, this guy's got some dude qualities. Pretty telling, right? I, I reposted on Instagram. They replayed some Instagram account, the phone call of John to Purdy, the draft pick. You sent it to me, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I sent it to you. The it's just is there a little could you take anything of it or just classic football talk? Like, we really like John Tape, it's a good spot for you. But you kind of look back, you go, We really like John Tape. There's a great spot, great spot for you. We just paid a a backup quarterback two million and our fucking drafted a guy third overall the year before and we gave up 17 first rounders for him. Great spot. Maybe he means like great spot. You get to learn from Kyle. Obviously, you'll be on practice squad. We'll cut you. No, I meant Kyle said that to him, remember? Well, yeah, okay. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you'll get to work with me. We'll cut you. Nobody will claim you. You'll be on practice squad. It'll be fine. There's going to be no pressure. Maybe that's what he meant. Or do you think he meant? If you told me that he, we had this, he wrote down a little note dated that night that said, Starting quarterback taking me to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's an all-time pick, but that would make it 10x, a thousand x if they had any if they even imagined he could be their starter. We were eating dinner last night at the di- at the dining room table. It's amazing as you get domesticated and you grow up, you don't eat on the couch anymore. You eat at tables. Wait, uh, like dining room table or kitchen island? Uh, dining room, kitchen island. You can't really dining room no- table. Can you see the TV from the dining room table? Yeah, where I sit, yeah. And uh, unless she puts the flowers to get in your way, and oh, just, yeah. I, I kind of move them before we I set the table. And uh, she was like, uh, what if I told you a year ago that the 49ers would potentially have the MVP as a quarterback on their team? She had a pretty good like little radio take, and they had drafted him. Would anyone have believed that it wouldn't have been Trey Lance? 
Because I would have been like, God, they hit a home run. They right. got a guy that's just their star quarterback. Like, what a draft pick. They're going to get – these guys are going to become take. legends. That is a great take for Maria. Is it more legendary that it worked out – it's more legendary that it worked out this way, right? Oh, then it being Trey? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Like, if you, it, get more, you get more credit for a seventh-round pick than trading your whole draft for a player. Well, I don't know if you do because you there's so much you, you know, you you only get so much luck for a seventh round pick. You trade your whole draft for a player like Brett Veach on Mahomes, he gets more credit on Mahomes because of what they did than if they had just like drafted Mahomes in the third round, I think. The yeah, Patriots I agree. didn't know that Brady was gonna be that. No. So I, I think you actually get more credit if you would get more credit if it had been Lance. Because if you come up like and get orchest- the guy, yeah, you orchestrated it. Like you played chess, and because I, you would agree, right? Veach and Andy get a ton of credit on Mahomes, yeah, more so than they would have, you know, if, like I said, if he was a second rounder or something. Like, do the do the Cowboys get an unlimited amount of credit for Dak Prescott just being in the fourth round? You liked him, but you didn't love him. Because here's what I would say: if you knew, if you were like watching Brock Purdy, and you're like, I'm telling you guys, he could be our starter within a year and a half. You don't play the value game. You just go draft him in the fourth round. You're like, well, you know what? You know, I'm just saying, if you knew, knew, if you really knew, you don't fuck around with that. But that's, but for example, you can never, it's always easy to play that game in any walk of life. Yeah. Right. Like if you're willing to pay a million dollars for a home and you know in 10 years that home is going to be worth $7 million, well, you would have found a way if you had to bid against other people to pay two and a half million dollars. Right. Sure. But at the time, people would be like, you, are you fucking on cr- crack cocaine? What What do you do? You're taking out side loans to get extra. What are you doing? But you're not drafting right? somebody in the fifth round that you love? No, but the point is a huge part of a draft is market value. So the reason I, you had I to trade it. up against Trey and the reason you wouldn't take Brock Purdy in the fourth is like, hey, guys, you, you, at minimum sixth, right? <laughs> Which, just, wait, that's another thing Maria asked. I, it's just like, I, I didn't understand why would he go in the set? Like, there's nobody. And I'm just like, I, you know, they're just – Oh yeah, it's always easy to play this game after yeah, these drafts, but because he's not that tiny, It'd be one thing if like he's five nine. Well, he's not. He didn't play at UC Davis, right? Somebody he, made a comment on one of our YouTube videos. I read it this morning. It said physical traits. How about Bryce Young? Bryce Young's smaller. I was like, yeah, that's good. Way smaller. But the other thing is like he played in a conference that I just typed in all Big Twelve quarterbacks. Bradford, uh, you know, RG3, obviously Baker Mayfield, Colt McCoy. It's 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 a conference that produces a lot of NFL players. Yeah. Joel Klatt, Cliff Kingsbury, Brandon Whedon, Bill Snyder. Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, you said Cliff. Bill Snyder. Yeah, he played uh played at Missouri back in 1958. <laughs> Seen a lot of ball. You really do you know who I ran into went to dinner the other night? I think the Fiesta Bowl was having some dinner because mm-hmm. I saw Sean McDonough. Oh and I was like I was like, Murray, I've talked a lot of shit about that guy back in the day when he was doing Monday night football. But then I, I saw roommate. I saw Scott Frost. Yeah. And I tried to put the pieces together. Like, what would he have to do with Liberty or Oregon? Do you know? Well, his brother is the PA announcer at Oregon. Okay, so maybe he just met up with them because there were a bunch of guys in Oregon polos, Liberty. It, it, it must have been oh, some kickoff dinner for a minute. 
Yeah, a long time under yeah. Chip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his brother's been the PA guy at Oregon for a long time. Or no, PA guy? PA guy. And then I and then I looked and I tried to see like maybe he's a maybe Lanning brought him back as an analyst or something, sent oh. him to this thing, but he didn't. Yeah. I mean, because remember when Nebraska fired him, if they had just waited two weeks, they would have saved from like 18 million to 7 million and they fired him anyway. It's like, God, I, I, I forgot about that. Cause I went to, immediately to his wiki. I'm like, why would he be there to give the job to what's his name? Joseph. Oh yeah. Who then beat his wife or whatever. Yeah. Like a week. Oh, I guess it was, was it that same season? I think it was right when the season ended. Remember? Uh, super chat from Ivan. We never got that new fiber speed test. What's your uh, internet speeds? Well, I haven't had them install it yet. Oh, they just, those guys were running the wire. They had Got to it. do some digging and the other guy needs, needs to drill the hole and kind of connect it. So I'm still on technically uh, whatever it is, DSL. Uh, you think Kyle will start calling more touchdown passes to try and help Brock's MVP race? No. Multiple right. MVP quarterbacks? I, to me, Kyle... This season, we'll get into this truly as the playoffs go, but he's like, got a moment. Like, is he going to be the Philadelphia Andy Reid here? Or is he just going to be, you know, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, where you just bang that off and then you just get to do whatever you want to do, right? And Jed's going to let him do whether he wins or loses, but I I just mean the way he's talked about. Like, it just – I think he's kind of ended it now. No one's questioning the record under 500. Like, all that's in the past now. But eventually – you get so much extra credit. Like part of like everyone watching Sean McVay, like, God, I th- we just talk about it so much different because he has the ring and then look what he's doing with this team, which is true. Like how the fuck are they six and six? Who the fuck is he playing with? Yep. Cause that everything's going to be this easy. How, I mean, if Kyle coaches another 20 years, you'd think you're around the ball this much. Eventually you'll win a championship, but well, for sure. But it feels like he has the chance to win. If he could win multiples, he could be one of the great coaches of his era because he's got all the other stuff that people already think make him a great coach that I think makes him a great coach, right? His teams play the way he's got the, he has the the temperament and he's got the offensive genius, you know, just like Bill Walsh was called a genius early. Bill Walsh won a championship like right away. Yeah. Drafted Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. So Kyle's got the genius thing without the ring. Yeah, got to win it. And this season, I mean, by the time we get to the playoffs, assuming they're healthy, I mean, they they could be like a two-to-one favorite to win at the start of the playoffs. I know. It feels like the game is what made the 19 season hurt, but that team was so good too. I think not winning a championship this year would be more painful than not winning the championship in 19. This team is dramatically better than that team, I think. Yeah. They have a lot of those players who are better. <laughs> Fred's better now than he was then. Both are better now player. than he was then. Trent Williams is better than Joe Staley. Quarterback dramatically better. Lebo Samuel is, I don't know, Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk wasn't even on the team. This version is better than that old version of Emmanuel Sanders. Kittle, at worst, is every bit as good. Uh, they add Chase Young. They add Hargrave. Maybe the D-line is not quite as dominant, but it's not. The gap isn't that wide. Greenlaw's better than their second linebacker then, which might have been him, which was kind of. It was a little different back then. He was not near what he is now. 
you would say Sherman is better than any DB they have, but the gap between that older version of Sherman and, and what Ward, Ward gives you isn't that far. Sherman was an all-pro that year. I don't think – is Ward going to be an all-pro? No. Is he going to uh, be a pro bowler? Uh, I don't know. doesn't matter. I know he's good, right? He's yeah. a pro bowl level corner. For sure. Keith is our best team since 94. Uh, and uh, there was one last here. Uh, Alien for five bucks says, do you think Purdy's changed how scouts view the draft, the QB draft from this point on? No. I think it's impossible. Well, it's like, but what's like, what's the takeaway? Start drafting shorter guys. <laughs> but like you said, they just, uh, what's, his name? <laughs> what's his name? Got drafted. He's. Five nine a buck set like they just took Bryce Young number one overall over CJ Stroud. Yeah, What's, do you know what Steve's numbers were? I guess they only played sixteen games, but Steve who it, Young in 95, 94 when they won the Super Bowl. I'm gonna say uh, how many how many touchdowns do you think he threw? I guess that's the question. Uh, uh twenty six, thirty five. Okay, that's a hell of a year. How many picks? Seventy uh, ten. It's a good year. I'd say this number is pretty impressive in that level of football where you could die. 70% completion percentage, pretty impressive. <laughs> wow. 70% completion percentage 30 years ago in that league? Yeah, that's... And he know, wasn't just throwing wheel routes. I, I will say this about Steve saying that they're pretenders. If they are pretenders, to me, what it means, it means that Jalen Hurts is not going to have an MVP every year type. Like the Jalen, while being their franchise quarterback, won't develop into the like next level can really carry you guy. Now I'll defend him in that. He's not a hundred percent healthy, but I, you know, I think that's what that'll end up meaning because they have paid their quarterback. Their defense is not as good. They lost Javon Hargrave, right? Like I think that's what that'll translate to in like two or three years. Is this just a down year for them? Or are they just in the new era where their quarterback has to play like a $50 million guy? Well, the dumbest thing, and I don't—I refuse to like react to the reaction like a David Carr on Jalen Hurts. Mariota stinks. One and two, Jalen has never been like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, where he's going to throw thirty of thirty-five, right, and just pick you apart. He's much more of an explosive playmaker. And even when we were watching the game, Maria, like early on in the game, was like, "I didn't realize he was as good." I'm like, "Yeah, he's fucking paid him a lot of money because athletically he's good. He keeps plays alive, like that run back. This notion that." We talked about it. I, I have a lot of respect for I think Jalen's pretty solid relative. He's not Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, but he he's a scary player to play against if their team's playing well. I mean, their defense are getting smoked. I mean, they're, they're, they were right in the game. They Obviously, the red zone stuff. Like, Purdy and him just play different games. I mean, Purdy is an explosive player, but he's much more likely to pick you apart and to have a 22 or 25 stretch where he's just throwing slants and outs and just like, fucking ruin you to death. Peyton Manning made a living off it. Or Jalen like can look weird, look weird, and all of a sudden they hit like two bombs, and it's like, God, they just scored two touchdowns. He just did something he, nobody else can do. Two other yeah, three he, other guys can do. He does have some physical characteristics, part of the reason what makes him special, but he's he doesn't turn the ball over that much. That's talking to a buddy with the Eagles mm. earlier this season. He's, you know, he did have a couple a stretch where he threw picks, but they feel pretty good about his decision making, not throwing it into bad spots. So if he misses a guy, doesn't see a read, he's not. That's not going to end in him throwing in the double coverage. The, the other thing with David is like, I we see a lot of players who are just overwhelmed. I never watch Jalen. I think sometimes it just doesn't look like he's playing that well, but I never feel like he's. It's just overwhelming for him. I don't know. 
the way when you say you can't read a defense. Yeah, but there's a difference between just straight not seeing it. He's got him when he doesn't see it. He knows what to do. He's got a move that works, right? Yeah, he just moves around. Some guys, and, yeah, some guys don't see it. They don't have a move. I'll tell you. And listen, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but his brother, Darren, not David. Yeah, Derek. Oh. I didn't watch the Dave video. I just saw it going viral. The one take I had was if was his logic not like you just got to get if you want a shot to win the Super Bowl, you got to get Jalen healthy. Was that his logic or was he saying Mariota can win you games? No, it, the, the which is a little unfair the way this thing works. It was all about he started with the rating defenses would pitch everyone off. But the end of the paragraph, I just I didn't see the audio. I just read the paragraph was so he could get healthy and then yeah. they can make a run. I think it's a crazy take, actually. <laughs> The problem is, as you just listed the records, they don't have time. Uh, like, could you rest him in a Giants or Cardinal game? For sure. Yeah, I mean, he he's just, I, I think, without watching it, like, I just understand, to me, there's the argument to be made. Home field advantage doesn't matter if Jalen Hurts is, is you're just not going to win the Super Bowl if this guy's not 100%. Yeah. Niners just walked into your place and kicked your ass, so you should be more worried about, more worried about health than home field. I, if that's his argument, I, that's not crazy. It also assumes is does a week off change his health? Yeah, that's a that's a good point. May not. I did see watching Mariota run the uh tush push. I'm like, oh maybe they don't need outlaw. He got it though. Yeah, but it was not the same as when Hertz no, runs no. it. When Hertz run it, whoever's on top goes like this with the offensive line. Like the linebacker always jumps and then he just moves with the group every time. It's like what how is this? I still don't quite get it, but the guy moves. Just they, ride, they like get it. crowd surfing. I feel like they get two yards, don't you, when Jalen's in it? The, the touchdown they scored against the Niners was like four. <laughs> and they only needed one. All right. You I'm easily could run that play. It'd probably hurt. You couldn't do it physically could, on the guys over and over. Could you get four yards of carry? Like after time, just wearing down the defensive line? But would it wear down your offensive line too? 100%. But I just think like I, I did what I have thought. Like could you run that? 17 times a game. I've never seen it not even get like remotely shoved the other way. <laughs> feels like the minimum they've advanced would be like a full yard and a half. I don't even think they need a measurement ever. Not even close. There, there is just the defense never even asks. Do you notice that when you watch them? A lot of times, you know, you do this and they stop. The defense just a lot of guys look to the sideline. Like, hey, can I get a breather? <laughs> Yeah, no one's putting their fist up saying fourth down. Anyway. Yeah. I, I Listen, Mariota, great guy. Don't think he's a very good player. He he lost his – he lost the mojo too. Yeah. I also think there's probably an element here with the Carr family. He worked with Derek. They probably really like him. It's – you know, there's always – there's a little agenda. I don't see him saying, like, we need to put Jameis in the game. <laughs> That's funny. Let I'm Jaylen sorry. Jalen's Jalen's earned the right, I'd say, to no one fucking calling for his job, no matter how stupid. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. On that note. Otani. The L.A. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.